Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and proprietress and editor-in-chief of the Let's Talk TV TV blog. And I want to welcome everybody to tonight's show. I'm already getting tweeted. Um, We're going to have a great time tonight because tomorrow comes out the Blu-ray and DVD once Upon a Time second season set. I really said that really badly, didn't I, Chrissy? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that, actually. That's gonna, the, I know. It's like the Blu-ray line. <laughs> Once Upon a Time season two Blu-ray and DVD sets are being released tomorrow. There, I said that right. Um, and I have, I have my copy. I got it late last week. And um, I'm really excited. I put my review up on Blog Critics, and it's also on the Let's Talk TV uh, blog. And I was really excited because Jane Espenson loved the review, and she tweeted it. Thank you, Jane. Awesome. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. I just thought. I can't wait to see it. You know what? Well, you were explaining some stuff to me earlier, too. Yeah, and I'm actually going to talk about that. So in just a minute, um, when we get to it. We can talk about it together. Um, I want to remind people, I noticed that we have a few people already in the chat room, and I would love to invite anyone who's there or listening online but not in the chat room to call in, please, at 718-305-6982 and say hi and and, uh, ask a question about the DVD set. Not too many spoilers, although, you know, you can't really spoil the episodes anymore. (laughs) <laughs> but I can talk no, about what's on it. No, but you can spoil the behind-the-scenes stuff. I can. I can of... well, I, well, I can tell what what's on, what what they are. I can't tell what's in them necessarily. And I wouldn't want to. You know, one of the things that really bothers me um, is, and I, my husband's in software. I'm a writer, um, and I, I'm a published author. And one of the things that kind of bothers me a little bit is seeing already – because it hasn't been released yet. Already right. seeing the, the 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 bonus features on YouTube. And oh, they're already the only, up. That's yeah, you know bit. some. I, you know what people have posted, and, and you know the only people that would have advanced copies of it are journalists. Yeah. And I can't imagine why anyone, because you know I was talking about it yesterday. On Twitter, and set, people said, oh, well, there's this and there's that, and this isn't really good, and Emily's not in this. And, and I'm like, how could they know? Yeah, well. <laughs> they couldn't possibly have seen is, it. Well, they don't care about actually, um, you know, doing it the correct way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or maintaining their, they, they don't maintain their journalistic yeah, I mean, I don't know, and I'm sure there, you know, I'm sure there are there are screeners out there, kind of wild in the. Uh, I'm actually going to turn off my, um, ha, turn off my phone, mm-hmm. so I'm not getting bleeped for the uh, tweets that keep coming by. Um, so anyway, I just I did want to say that tonight's show is brought to us by 
Wireless One Marketing, who designed my wonderful app, the Let's Talk TV app, which is available via iTunes and Google Play.Google.com. You can get it for your Android device or for your iTunes, for your for your um, iOS device, and it's free of charge. And I know that more than 500 people have already downloaded the app, which That's is really cool. cool. But Very if you want cool. your own app for your own site or your own business, call the guys at Wireless One Marketing. They're local to Chicago, so I'm a, I'm a Midwest girl. It's 847-637-2514, or just visit them online at www.wirelessonemktg.net and tell them, please, that I sent you over. And we're also um, sponsored tonight by Chasing Zebras, the unofficial guide to house, which is still selling quite well, thank you very much, in various (laughs) forms, in print, in Spanish, in French, and whatever other languages it's in, and um, in digital versions all over the place. So um, if you haven't gotten your copy of it, Please make sure you get pick up a copy today. I know they're down to like their last three copies for now at Amazon. So pick oh, up. <laughs> they, they run out of them and then they order them up really quickly. I think they actually they're down to their last two copies um, last I checked. Anyway, so lots to talk about. I, I have to kind of go through my head here and um, see what else I want to talk about first before I start talking about um, Once Upon a Time because um, we'll be devoting quite a bit of time to that tonight. Um, let's see. Um, newsroom continues to go like gangbusters. I actually got a surprise. Usually HBO only sends out the first four episodes right. of any new series, which I had gotten before Newsroom debuted. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning, FedEx left me a little package, and I got the next four episodes. The awesome. one that the one that aired last night plus the next three. So I think it's just the next four, but I'm not. It could be the rest of the season. I haven't looked at it yet Um, because I didn't have time today. Today was a heavy writing day for me because I was an idiot. I was an idiot, and I locked my keys in my car. I still can't believe you did that, actually. I locked my keys not in the ignition. See, had I been smart enough to leave them in the ignition – the car wouldn't have locked, and then the worst that would have happened was somebody would have gone to my car and just stolen it, which would have been bad because right. it's a really beautiful car and it's new and all that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I was an idiot um, and left my keys in a bag in the back seat of the car <laughs> and had to wait until, hey, once upon a fangirl, how are you? She's in the... Uh, in the chat room, and yes, she says, I do that weekly. Okay, thank you. I don't feel quite like an, so much like an idiot. But so I left them in, and, and my husband's home, so I was able to retrieve the keys. So sorry, car thieves, you can't go steal my car now. Um, anyway, so that was kind of, uh, oh, um, she asks, uh, how are you? I said, how are you? She says, I'm amazing in you. And my answer to Once Upon a Fangirl is, come on, girl, call on in. Talk to us. Call us. Talk to us. Um, Jimmy's not here, as you as you can probably uh, tell. Yeah, it's just I can us tell. People. Where's where is? It's just he? us girls. He's on vacation. He's off oh, on a beach. Sure. He's off on a beach. He tells me reading reading Apothecary's Curse. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing. <laughs> he's, that's what he told me. He said he was gonna put it on his nook or whatever he reads on, yeah. and and read it on the beach. 
So oh, um, first, first, I think I sent him the first like 75 pages of the new draft or something like that. Anyway, so that's really exciting. And I have a new project I'm working on that I cannot talk about. Oh, so, not yet. Not yet. Uh, maybe not by yet. early September I can talk on it. Maybe. Maybe. Well, and we'll plus, talk. we need to tell everybody I finally met you in person. Oh, my gosh. That's right, because you weren't on the show last week. So yeah. I, was, I was in Seattle, and I had already met Zach Van Norman, who works for the Once Upon a fan site in the UK with Gareth Hughes, and also he writes yeah. for Blog Critics. So I had met um, I had met Zach at Comic Con, and I it, when I was in Seattle last week or not last week last yeah, week was, last week we came back yeah, last, last a week, week ago we came oh. back a week ago Sunday. And um, so we were in Seattle because my daughter got her Ph.D. in chemistry. Yay. Um, She's awesome. She's now Dr. Shawnee because her name is Shawnee. She's Dr. Shawnee. And um, so I had the good fortune to meet you, Chrissy, because we'd never met before and have breakfast at the best. Is not not that Oh, my God. It was so good, and I'd never been there before. I mean, I knew knew pretty much where it was when you were explaining it to me, and I'm like, oh, God, I think I've tossed that a million times. It was so good. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So it's called Portage Bay Cafe. And Portage Bay Cafe, you know what's right next to it, which I didn't know until Sunday when we took a walk, like down, we took a walk down to Lake Union, or Union, Lake Union, because I wasn't staying too far from Lake Union. And so we we walked down to the water's edge, um, and right next to Portage Bay on the other side, one side is the hotel we were at, which was the University Inn, and the other side of it, it's like a farm. It's not a farm. It's like a farm supply for urban farmers. And oh, there yeah. are. I'm, I'm no. giving these guys free advertising. It's called Portage Bay uh, Feed and Farm or something like that. And they're right on Roosevelt, right. That is- Roosevelt and yeah. the 41st in Seattle, yep. right in the middle of Seattle, right near the university. And there's this place, and they have chickens. They do. They have chickens. They have chicks. They have yeah. chickens to sell. And they have feed, and they have, like, all kinds of, like, farm animals, duckies. And uh, chickies and and farm animals and like literally farm animals because people in Seattle do this kind of homestead farming thing, yeah, which is like really cool. And so yeah, so there was like this little farmlet right in the city, and I thought that was really fun. That's why it's a very cool place. I I love it. Uh, It is. I love Seattle. Well, see, now you just need to move from Chicago. I'm trying to get everyone to Seattle, everyone. And then I you know, would, I would so much love to go. I'd love to move to Seattle. Um, it's impractical for us yeah, right now. Yeah, I know. But, but um, I'm going to be back in January, so that's really exciting that I'll be back in January from some for some really cool. exciting. So, yeah. So anyway, all right. So let's see. Um, and have you been watching Ray Donovan? By the way. You know what? I saw the first two episodes, and I'm I'm behind, but I I did see. I mean, I love Leave, of course. Who doesn't love Leave Schreiber? Yeah, Leave. I mean, Leave. 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 I always call him Leave. Yeah, I was love him. You know, I was reading a little bit of his backstory on Wikipedia. What an interesting. He's like, what an interesting life he's had. Um, 
And I'll it, go it, read that. I'm, yeah, I don't know much about his. Go read about Lef Schreiber because he's he's really led this really strange life. Um, well, and he has all these strange roles, though. He's yeah, kind of off the wall roles, but he's perfect for them. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know the. The first thing I saw him in was A Walk on the Moon because I was like a huge fangirl for Viggo Mortensen back in oh, the Oh, I love Lord Viggy. Me too. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, and so I went, um, I, I saw the movie because I was like, I loved, I totally loved Viggo. So he was in it and Diane Lane was in it. And Liev Schreiber played this cuckolded husband of Diane Lane, mm-hmm. who sort of gets together with Vigo, who's sort of this, and, and they're in this like this summer like resort in the Catskills, mm-hmm. where a lot of Jewish people would go back in the fifties and in the sixties. So that's where you would go to take a vacation if you were on the East Coast, was in the Catskills. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's where, and, and so he plays this kind of, you know, milk toast kind of guy and he's not this big brawny bruisey guy that he is in, in Ray Donovan. I mean, he's this little guy and I, he makes himself so little in it cause he is, um, okay. So yes, I know that Dania, it's Dania, right? Dania is in the, in the, in the, Dania, right? Dania, Dania? You, I always call her Dania okay. though. To get it right, but anyway, he's he's really great. And then my husband and I went to New York, and we saw him um, in Glengarry Glen Ross mm-hmm. um, on Broadway with uh, Alan oh, wow. Alda and other people. Oh. Um, and I Alan Alda, I do too. I'm sitting in like the eighth row center. I had it was such really- a crush. I was I was so young, but I had a, like a little crush on Hawkeye Pierce. <laughs> I had a real yes, I loved Hawkeye. Uh, I tell you. I think Hawkeye Pierce kind of stands for he he kind of has in in uh influenced anytime I write a fictional character there's a yeah. little bit of Hawkeye in him. Yeah. Um, you have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm going to bring on Dania. I'm going to ask her. So, Yay. Hi. Hello. You're on you're on the air. <laughs> How are okay. you? How is everyone? Good, good. good. So, okay, is it Dania, Dania, or Dania, or Dania? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> I let Chrissy get away with it because you know, I get away with it. <laughs> she calls me Dania, but it is Dania. That is Dania. the correct pronunciation. Dania. Okay, that's how I would have pronounced it. So just letting oh, you know. Well, there you go. Dania. With that very round, with that rounded vowel, Dania. Exactly. You don't know this, but you know she has been off of our heart for how long, Dee? I think the last time you were on was probably when, like May or something. May, sometime in May. (laughs) This is a great privilege to have her on the radio. (laughs) Well, this is wonderful. I'm glad you chose to make your reappearance on uh, Let's Talk TV Live. (laughs) So that's really cool. And is probably seething because she's been trying to get me to call in. To all her review for I don't know how long, but I I'm taking a it's summer okay. hiatus. Well, I'd rather you call really, in and talk about Once Upon a Time anyway. So. And you know what? It's really exciting. I have to put this in because um, starting I think tomorrow night, this episode of Let's Talk TV Live is a Blog yeah. Talk Radio staff pick, and it will be on the front page of Blog Talk Radio for 24 mm-hmm. hours. 
think starting like 12 a.m. Wednesday morning, so in another day or two. Um, but it'll be on for 24 hours, so uh, I'm really excited to have uh, our show featured again. And uh, yeah. for those of you who weren't here last week, we've been named uh, one of the top 300 shows on Blog which Talk Radio. So cool. which, which doesn't well, sound like a lot. That's a huge feat. No, that's a that's huge out feat. Of, that's out of 15,000 shows. So, I tell you, that's an accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you so much. And we've only been on the air since November. And right. uh, so I really feel I'm I'm just just gratified and and they if you if you go on the the Blog Talk Radio site from, from on my site on Blog Talk Radio you'll see the cool new icon that I have and actually Blog Talk Radio designed that for me, which is so cool. Which is so cool. Awesome. They just emailed me and they said we've just designed you this really cool icon. Would you please use it? And I'm like, sure. Well, you needed a new one though. To be honest with you, I did. I you did. Was, you know yeah, what? Yeah, you did. It was my little app, you know, and it, so this is much better than the app, although the app is great, so download the app. Anyway, yeah. all right, so let's let's start. And please, if anyone else is in the chat room and like to call in, I know Meredith is in the queue, but um, anyone else who happens to be in the chat room or listening online, the number is 718-305-6982, and I would really love it if you call in and ask me questions about the uh, DVD set that's coming out tomorrow. I so, know. So, Dee, you already got yours pre-ordered, right? No, I'm actually going to the store and picking it up the old-fashioned yeah. way. <laughs> you did the yeah, pre-ordering you know last year, and it didn't work out. So. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's a, a lot of um, – that's sometimes that's actually better because, you know, the, the stores all open at 10 a.m., right? And the mail doesn't yeah. come to, like, 4 <laughs> <laughs> where I live. Well, so, I, I usually get my, you know, if I'm, I usually go to Target because they do open yeah. a lot earlier. They usually right. are open by 8 o'clock. So I'm so there and they there. haven't even put them out yet on the stands and I'm already hounding You're the like poor me. guy that's shelving everything. I, saying, open the box. I, I want my DVD. I remember. <laughs> I can't, re- I, it's like there were movies that would come out like when Blockbusters was really like big before oh. there was Streaming. And I remember when I knew a movie or a TV series was being released on, a, and it's always on a Tuesday, on a particular yeah. Tuesday, I would be at Blockbusters like when they opened at like 9 a.m. And oh, I would say, okay, God. so I understand, and I would be like really embarrassed about it. And I would say, <laughs> so. Oh, no, I have um, no shame. I understand that the the new release of whatever it was, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it might have been, uh, but it was like always, I mean, like every time. Um, and they would say, well, we haven't put them out yet. So, <laughs> oh, well, I can wait. <laughs> so I would just hang around and wait until they decided to put them out on the shelves. It was really shameless. It was really shameless. Um, yeah, but it's not and, what's fun about it being a fan. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, you know? and now it's like now I get a lot of this stuff sort of ahead of people. So yeah, I, not always, not always, <laughs> not always. Um, just sometimes. So it's a lot of fun. So the Once Upon a Time release is actually I like it better than I liked last year's. Oh well, that's good to know because yeah, I were a little upset about the behind the scenes last year. Well, I was upset yeah, because I I thought that um, Katie Katie tweeted me. She says I've pre-ordered DVDs so she can get them tomorrow, which is a great way to do it. And I've done that too, I have to say. Yeah. So, um, 
to ask me why I like it better than last year. Yeah. Okay. Lots why? Of why? Why? What, what why, makes why, it why? better? Well, okay. So there are six commentary tracks, first of all, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, the PR for it's a little misleading because it says, you know, the actors and the writers uh, enhance each episode. It's not – it's like so I was looking to see, huh, maybe there were extra episode commentaries that I was missing, but there weren't. So there are six commentaries, and the commentaries mm-hmm. are uh, Broken, which is um, uh, – Broken, which has uh, – Ginny uh, Goodwin and Josh Dallas okay. talking about it, and and it was good. I mean, it was fine. They pretty much talked only about when they appeared. So they talked about their role okay. and how they roles and how they created them and stuff. But when other things were happening, they kind of let the episode roll. They didn't okay. talk over it so much, which was good. I mean, sometimes the people talk over other stuff. The whole like, thing, and you're like, you're commenting on this. Why are you talking about, you exactly. know? You know, and that kind of makes you upset. But they didn't do that. So they, they when it wasn't, and, and you know, how are they going to comment on Rumple scenes with, with Belle? I mean, which makes sense, or the Evil Queen scene. So they commented on, on their scenes, which was really nice. Although they did comment uh, here and there on, on some of the other uh, actors. So that yeah. was really nice, but it wasn't, to me, the strongest one. So then Queen of Hearts, which was oh. Eddie Kitsis, Adam Horowitz, and Lana Perea. Awesome. That's a great was, episode, too. It is. It's a great episode. And um, Lana, I've interviewed Lana a couple times, three times now. Um, once mm-hmm. was one-on-one. I did a longer uh, interview with her, and then I did two Comic-Con interviews with her. And, um, you know, she's, she's always very insightful, always very thoughtful in how she approaches the characters. So um, she really gave quite a serious take on her, the character and the character's relationship with Cora and with Rumpel and with everyone else, um, with Hook even, because that's a big episode for her and Hook as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really good. And then um, uh, Eddie and Adam and Robert Carlyle did the commentary on Manhattan. Yay. And I'm that dying was, to hear that because that's that one of my favorites. Yeah, that, that's worth the price of admission right there, um, okay. and especially if you're a Rumble fan, um, which a lot of people are. Well, dang, um, yeah, you are. For, well, we are. I know. Sure. I am. I am. I know. I admit it. I am. <laughs> you know, what can I say? But what was great about that, um, and I don't want to give a lot away, but um, what was really outstanding about that was hearing him talk about what was going through his mind as an actor portraying these different emotional Mm -hmm. beats. It's such an emotional episode because it's the one, of course, where he finally finds Balefire and he finally meets them. And he really does, a, and, and it's also the wonderful episode. And in fact, I used a screen cap from that episode when I did the review in the article because I love that scene so much. But he talks about um, uh, the whole thing, you know, with the seer and uh, how cold it was. He was talking about how cold it was when they were filming and how freezing cold and it was pouring, pouring rain. And in one of the deleted scenes, you can actually hear the rain just 
pelting down, just pelting wow. down. Wow. It was like sleet. It, it sounded like it was sleet. Um, he was trying to describe it, and, and it was, I think it was sleet rather than snow. Um, he was talking about gigantic snowflakes um, and that were really hard, and so that's sleet. Um, okay, so, but that was really interesting hearing him talk about, even talking about, you know, self-inflicting, the the thing with, you know, the, the leg injury. Yeah. And hearing him, and I'm going to tell you, tell you what he said. Um was that he had always felt he had actually told you know because Adam he had spoken with with Adam and Eddie and he had actually said that he had always believed that Rumpel had done that to himself that he would have done that oh to well himself. that's interesting like he, yeah I, so from the get go he thought that yeah yeah he that, that he would have self inflicted that wound and uh, that was really I thought a really interesting take. Um, yeah. And then he also talks about the next scene where he comes back um, home after the war or after he leaves right. the war and um, confronts Mila. And oh, right. that scene, he, he really, you know, he had said to, to Adam and Eddie, um, you know, he doesn't often um, <clears throat> pull things from his own past um, because mm-hmm. actors, it's, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do emotionally to do that too often. But he said that he really, he really pulled that from his past. um, And he really felt that that scene with Rumpel and the baby, that, that Rumpel was really like his dad and that the baby was almost like him because he actually lived in that sort of environment where, you know, he was left in the care of his father from the time he was little and uh, he said that was a pretty difficult scene to shoot. Right. Um, that that you can just see the emotion in that in that scene is pretty cool. Um, and he talked about the baby as well, and and how the ba- how the baby acted, and the father was like just off stage, and it was it's pretty cool. So it was really 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 interesting hearing his thoughts on creating this episode. Yeah. And I just you know I just told you a little tease because to me that's like. You know, if you're a Rumpel fan, that's you need to. Yeah, you need to get this. Well, that's so, why we'll we'll be watching it, right, E? <laughs> <laughs> I'll and be you'll agree it with as soon me. as I drive home. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, really. Um, and so then, okay, so then it gets, even gets better than that, because then Jane Espenson does the commentary for the Miller's daughter. Oh, excellent! Oh, cool. That's going to be amazing. She's great. I mean, you know, you guys know that she's been on the show several times. And yeah. I'm always trying to pull at her writer's process. What does she do <laughs> with this? And, of course, she never tells me anything because the episode has often not yet aired. Right. So, um, but she talks for 45 minutes about Miller's daughter, which I still think is the best episode of the season. And yes, you know, I was I was kind of I was kind of hard on the se- the season. I you know, in my reviews, I was, and even on the show, I was kind of tough on the show this year. It's like, oh, why are they doing this and why aren't they doing that? And you know, I was kind of, but you know, watching it and the DVDs this way, um, to be honest, I really thought it hung together quite well, and I thought it hit all the really. Beats. I still think that. The the modern contemporary fairy tale land thing went on far too long. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And and adding bringing Mulan and Aurora into the season premiere and making them such a prominent part of the season premiere was a mistake. But yeah. I thought, well, other than yeah, that, I mean, you were very upset about that. I mean, that's I one was. of my. That was I one really, of my. Well, when we talked about it on our show, we were just like, I mean, Dania has a ton to say about it. Well, I don't know. In retrospect, that. I don't mind it so much. I think what happened was overall. Now, when you look back on it, it did take a very long time, right. and, and right, and then you realize that within that really within a long period of time over, what was it, almost nine episodes? Yeah. That yeah. It did take up a lot of time. And I'm right. not exactly sure that it ended up working out because for me, I feel that the end of the season was a bit rushed. And I yeah, think some bit. of the emotions suffered. Yeah, a little bit. I thought, though, that the end of the season really – was so much better than the beginning. This is what I said in my review. Season two certainly had its ups and downs. The insertion of the Mulan Aurora Phillips storyline in modern fairy tale land was at the expense of the established narrative and character arcs and would have been fine had it only not lasted so long. However, the season as a whole watched without commercial or lengthy interruptions between episodes really makes a difference. And I was reminded how many outstanding episodes there were. So, um, which is true. There were, as I went through, I was thinking, oh, I really liked that episode. Oh, I really liked that one. And there were more pluses than there were minuses. So, so let me let me talk about um, Miller's daughter, and because uh, I actually took notes. <laughs> oh, I good. Took notes. Okay. <laughs> I took notes. Um, ha, Suanach, Suanach, Suanach says in the chat room. Um, the series just needs more episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm like, agreed. <laughs> true. Well, I don't yeah, think the I mean, cast and the writers would agree, but, no, you know. No, like, oh, my God, we could barely get the 22 done. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, so, I mean, so, the thing is, is, like, and we just, well, anyway, I'll just put, sorry. I was just going to okay, say, no, no, you know, okay. they, need, they need to do the story arc thing. They need to do... Yeah, because this whole starting and stopping and having a break in between is just when you're telling a story like Once yes. Upon a Time is structured, it just yes. doesn't work. And I hope and I yes. pray to God that they're not doing that with Wonderland because I mean it has to be. They aren't. You have to they have aren't. one story arc right. for the fall slash winter, and then the last story arc is the spring or the whatever finale, right. whatever. That's right. what it has well, to do. But I. Yeah, right. Way. I mean, what they're going to do, obviously, on Once Upon a Time, if you haven't heard, guys, is that September 29th it premieres, and it's going to go for 11 episodes, and then it's going, going to go on hiatus December 8th, and it won't be back okay. until mid-March. Okay, which is fine with me. I mean, it's a long break, yeah, yeah. but I prefer but, that over yeah. these little start and stops and what the heck's going right. on, because I got so confused last season. Right, right. And so what will happen was, is... It'll be season three, volume one, and then season three, volume two. Volume two, which is what they need to do with all. And I'm saying this to ABC, NBC. I mean, with they need yes. to do that with everything, with Revenge, with well, Scandal, Wonderland. I mean, they need to just do it that way and have your have the the spring fillers in for the short right. six week period well, of time where we'll be. You know, they you, just you know need to do it that way. You know, it's interesting, um, Stargate Universe, which is a Canadian yeah. show. Um, it's a Canadian-American show, but it's it's a Canadian show. And they did it that way. They aired it 
they air 10 episodes and 10 episodes, there were 20 episodes per season. 10 episodes, yeah. they go on hiatus, and then they release the DVD for those 10 episodes. Right. <laughs> and right. then they would air the other 10. And when I was watching it, because I got the full, because I didn't start watching it until it was already over. Um, right. I didn't actually know that. Um, and it was seamless. But when you hear the commentary, you hear them talking about the break and then everyone coming back from break and how they haven't seen people for a long time. So it's like, whoa, what's going on? And then I then I realized what, what it was. So anyway, so this is what Jane says. Um, she talks about the casting of Rose McGowan and also okay. makes a clever comment about, you know, Henry in Miller's Daughter, who becomes, of course, Regina's father, right? How Henry in Miller's Daughter is this tall, strapping young man. And by the time <laughs> we see him, in, he's, not. <laughs> he's this little little old guy. And it was like, huh, that was really funny. So I'm not going to tell you what she said, but you need to hear okay. it. <laughs> but it was a really clever comment. Um, there is also a missing scene in, in Miller's Daughter where they are actually steering the ship from New York to Storybrooke with Henry oh. at the steering wheel. And there's a lovely scene, and but, but, there was a deleted scene right. or a missing scene, but it's been included on the deleted scenes. So oh, good. You get see, to see now that's where I have a problem because I totally agree that they should do things like that, and we didn't get that last season in, in last season. Yeah, we were upset DVD. about missing quite a bit. And a lot of, especially a lot of Rumble fans were very upset that the deleted scene from Skin Deep didn't make it onto the okay. DVD. Yeah. So, so, all right, so delete Skin Deep. I've I've seen the script of Skin Deep. I've read it. I've read it several times. I, so have I. So I, I know who I have people seen. are referring to. Yeah, and, and you know what? <laughs> I don't necessarily – yeah, I do too. And I don't think it detracts from it, not not having them. Oh, no, no, or, it definitely doesn't. It doesn't. Or not, I mean, oh, or not necessarily – right, I, I thought the deleted – I mean, they, they give you a lot of deleted It would have been nice scenes. to see it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, they get, there are a lot of deleted scenes that they provide this time, and and they're really good deleted scenes. So anyway, so so Jane talks about the this missing scene, and um and you know unfortunately it had to be cut. Uh, she also talked. She says she gets asked a lot who her favorite character to write for is, and she says, well, she'd be hard pressed to find anyone better to write for than Rumpel, who's yeah, you know, absolutely. Who, Right, so she admitted. She actually admitted that to me last year, but um, I had to take it out of the interview. Um, <laughs> and then the scene. Now, this is something I never thought of. Okay, so the scene where um, where uh, Cora is learning how to spin straw. There's yeah. a movie. Yeah. It's absolutely a direct movie reference, and I'm like totally dense for not having oh, figured from, that from out. Those? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well, um, oh you know, she only got it, it after she said funny. it. That's funny uh, yeah. because when I saw that, I wasn't didn't even think of that until you just said now that you're right. The ghost. Yeah, oh, it, and, and it's like they actually, and she talks about you know she really didn't give any stage direction to Carlisle except that you know maybe he's supposed to nuzzle her or whatever. But all of that whole yeah. with the shoulders stroking <laughs> him—that's all he's him. So wonderful. He really is wonderful. Yeah, and she also she she made some cute comments about his makeup, you know, his rumple makeup and kissing scenes and stuff. And she thought that I thought that was kind of funny. Um, 
Um, um, um, um, um, let's see. I'm not going to tell all this. Uh, oh, and um, oh, you know, she also commented. She talked a little bit about uh, the difference. You know, Rumpel's had three loves of his life. Right. And um, you know, Mila, Cora, and Cora Beth. and Belle. Right. Right. And you know, she, she did address the idea, the fact that. People have asked her whether, you know, well, how could, you know, if, if he loved Cora, that completely dismisses any possibility that his love of Belle means anything. And her response to that, and she's actually said that on, on my show as well, that, um, you know what, he's lived a really long time. And it's possible for someone to love more than one time. And she did talk about the transformative nature of his love of Belle. And I won't say any more than that because I don't want to give it all away. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, she talked about the phone call, you know, from Rumpel to Belle. Oh, yeah. That was and, one of my favorite yeah. scenes. Yeah, and and she says that's actually her favorite scene in the whole episode. So, um, and she said it twice. Um, And I'm not going to tell you what she said about it, but you should just go ahead and watch that. Um, (laughs) So, I, you know, it's like I, it's hard to know how much to tell and how. I mean, hearing her, you know, hearing the commentaries are better than me telling you about what they say. So, yeah. um, So anyway, okay. So, so there were more the the other. Uh, the next one, there was also two more commentaries. Uh, Welcome to Storybrooke was a commentary with the two writers, Ian Goldberg and Adam Chambliss, okay. which was very nice. And then Straight On Till Morning was um, a commentary with the writer David Goodman and Colin O'Donohue. So, yeah. Oh, and what did Colin have to say for himself, our little body hook? Yeah, <laughs> Colin, Colin really, you know talked about um he's also got his own special feature by the way Ooh, that's yeah cool. yeah so oh, I'm, he's I'm got his own, that. yeah and, and sort of his origins and how he felt about it he said something really interesting um you know he's he really he's from this little tiny town on the irish coast and still lives there mm-hmm. when he's not in vancouver um mm-hmm. And it was just like so cool. He gets to be on a ship and has his sword and all these cool leather togs and you know act with Robert Carlyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think his eyes are as blue in person as they are on TV. Oh, really? They didn't. They didn't pop like that. You know. They I don't know. Maybe they did not pop like that. Um, I, I mean, I thought that was good because his eyes don't almost look don't real, almost don't look real. Yeah, I know. I know. It, he looks I more normal. I love his... Very, very good looking, but he's more normal looking. I've, I've told you this he's before, so Christy. He's more normal looking. <laughs> he's gonna listen to this and go, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> well, you know, I have this thing about guys on TV being too pretty, actors being too yeah. pretty, and I don't like actors who are too pretty. Yeah, um, and he's like almost too perfect. He's like it's like um, 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 Henry Cavill in Man of Steel. He's like too perfect. Yes, Henry Cavill in The Tudors, just right. Can I? Can I just say? Oh my God! Let me just say this really quick because I need to get it out because I've just been really angry about it. I I saw Man of Steel, and I'm Uh-oh. telling you, 
they changed what I don't like. Okay, first of all, yeah, I mean, they created this whole new world, whatever. I mean, supposedly Krypton was an ice world, and apparently it wasn't an ice world or whatever. And they Anyway, but they changed two things that were major, where they changed the way that Jonathan dies. Jonathan dies of a heart attack. In this movie, it's freaking tornado. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. There's a reason and why they, they do changed, that. And, the, and they changed the way that they met. And now, of course, yeah, I think the next movie I will like better, but it's kind of shitty in the sense of the whole entire thing from, from, from the inception of the comic in the 30s is under the guise that he goes to work for the Daily Planet and Lois doesn't know who he is. Now, the newest version of it is, oh, no, she met him in the in the ship, and now she knows who Clark is. She did the research. You know, she went back and figured out who he was, and now he's at the Daily Planet, and they know each other, and, and she knows who he is. And I don't right. like that. It changes the entire concept of what the series was supposed to be, and I get that it's a new audience, new generation, right. that, you know, all of the – and I thought the Zod thing just went on way too long. I mean, it was just so much stuff, and I understand, yeah. that, you know, but I was really upset at those two things because those two things are very much at the core of the legend of <laughs> Superman. Yeah. You know, I well, was this so is, Okay, so this is – and I, I think I said this on the show over the summer when we saw uh, – Man of Steel <laughs> was that um, I didn't care for it, and I actually I wrote a review of it, and I pretty much I trashed it. I didn't tra- I never trash anything completely. But I what I didn't what I didn't like about Man of Steel was that it actually st- I thought it started out pretty interestingly, and I thought what happened was it evolved into this explosions and craziness and they completely lost the narrative thread um and oh. that's kind of you know and like the, the beginning part the was pretext during all this yeah like, and, and, yeah like the whole beginning of it anyway. was pretext for all the violence not in you know, I, I don't mind violence in movies but well, I, I mean it was, either, a, it was a pretext it was pretext was pretext for all the explosions and it became just an excuse for all that stuff and so uh, enough on that i'm going back to the uh, talk about sorry sorry talk about go back to i just wanted but anyway, to make yeah, attention of that but anyway i i loved henry cavill in the tutors and i just thought he was just like too pretty in uh in uh <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> in man of steel but, but 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 i did notice the comment in the chat room um the guy liner looks great on him him being Colin O'Donohue, yes. Oh, that's what he wasn't wearing. He wasn't wearing what? the guy liner. Well, you know what? Neither was Carlisle. That's why the eyes don't pop. But see, neither was Carlisle wearing guy because he wears also. I mean, he he puts makeup on his eyes. Or he oh, doesn't, yeah. but the makeup people do. The guy liner. <laughs> he's got, he's got guy it. liner. He's got his. Okay, but Robert is perfect. Yes, Robert he is. is and the way he is, and his eyes, his eyes pop. No matter, he can't help but have his eyes pop because he's got these very big eyes. Um, so, okay. So, what else is on this? Oh, what else is on the DVD? Okay. So, um, 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 where is it? Oh, where's my? Okay. So, um, these are the other things that are on it. There's all this great stuff on it. So, there's the blooper reel, much better than last <laughs> season's, by the way. 
Oh, my gosh. There's a great blooper. You know where when Belle and uh, Rumpel are in the diner having yeah. their hamburger date? Yes, oh, I love that. Goodness, there is a hysterical blooper with that. <laughs> I, 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 I think I've seen a piece of it. It made it on Tumblr somehow, and I saw parts of it. I have to say that that one, everything that involved Rumple, I thought was hilarious. The ones that I oh. that I did see. Oh, that oh, one was funny, one. and oh. also the one in the library was very funny. There's one yeah. in the library too. There was one in the library that had something to do, well, more than something to do, with <laughs> Colin O'Donohue. Um, Robert Carlyle and Emily DeRavin. <laughs> I will say no more. <laughs> oh Lord! Um, it was really fu- it was really funny. It was obviously intentional, but yeah. it was it was so funny. Um, so yes, all, there were a lot of really funny um, funny bloopers. They did a lot of them. I think it was about the same length as last year's, but they just seemed, you know, what they seem more spontaneous. Last year seemed more planned. Um, yes, then, Lana's okay. were hilarious too. Oh gosh, yeah, they were. Um, and then let's see. So then there's Fractured Family Tree, which is uh, narrated by I can't remember who it is from Modern Family. The kid, oh. kid, a, right? A kid from Modern Family. Oh. Okay. And it it involves everybody. I mean, everyone's in it. Yeah. Um, trying to untangle. This incredibly complex family tree of Henry. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, the whole being at Thanksgiving dinner would be just very confusing. <laughs> yes, it would. They're all related. They are. They are. They all, they're like you know, they're all related, um, and and just untangling it um, is just brilliant. It's really funny. Um, so that was, and there was a shout out actually during one of the commentaries. Um, I think it was during the one from Manhattan. Um, about whoever put up a, you know, a, a family tree up on online. Um, mm-hmm. There was a shout-out given to whoever that person was, and, and no names well, were given. Cool. So that was kind of cool. Um, so, oh, the other thing that Carlisle said was about Mila. It's like, oh, this poor woman, this actress who plays her, Rachel, I can't remember her last name, uh, who plays Mila, um, it's like, it's not enough that Rumpel's torn out her heart and crushed it. It's not enough punishment for her because she's really been, like, totally destroyed on Twitter. Um, it, it just, he, he was just like this poor woman. It's just like it's not enough that Rumpel crushed Oh, my God. Heart. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, he was. they were laughing about it. I mean, it was, you know, oh, they were okay. all laughing about it. So, then, so that was really good. And then there's um, Girl Power. <clears throat> which goes, of course, one of the things the show does exceptionally well, which a lot of TV does not do, is really have strong female protagonists. Yes. And this show has a complete embarrassment of riches of, of female protagonists. Totally. And really, really wonderfully done. And um, so this was a, a sort of a tribute <clears throat> to that, and they went through all the the female characters from Emma, Emma, <clears throat> Regina. Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip here. Hold on, <laughs> of my iced coffee. I'm so excited. I have a new refrigerator, which I'm not so excited about. Well, I am, but the reason I'm so <laughs> excited about it is I could get like 
<clears throat> I can get like water, cool filtered water, ice cubes, and crushed ice from the front of my my refrigerator. So I'm like really excited. So I can make iced coffee because we never have ice cubes in our ever. We never have ice cubes. That's so and funny. Now we have ice cubes. It's the best thing ever. Cubes. It's like I'm only 35 years behind the times, right? <laughs> of course, you know, of course you have, you can get water out of the front of your refrigerator. Who can't? Um, anyway, I digress. Um, as I took a sip of my iced coffee. So, but the, the girl power, you can tell I'm drinking coffee because I'm like talking a mile a minute. Uh, it's decaf. <laughs> just think, just think how I would be if it were caffeinated coffee. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, really? You know. <clears throat> I do not drink caffeinated coffee ever. Um, anyway, in girl power, we uh, there's Regina and there's Emma and there's Snow and there's Belle. And every one of their stories is discussed through both them, the writers, so Jane Aspinson talks a great deal, and um, <clears throat> Christine Boylan talks a great deal. <clears throat> Excuse me again. And the actors do. Carlisle talks a lot about uh, Belle and, and how she really is his center. Um, and, yeah. you know, so, there's, so it's a really nicely done feature. It's not real long, but it's really quite nicely done. And then um, the really cool thing is a the full-length version of Welcome to Story. Uh, oh, Good Morning, Storybrooke. And I spelled, I did, I made a mistake in the post. <gasps> Got to fix it. Oh, you're in oh my goodness. <laughs> you're the morning. editor and you made a mistake. <laughs> I did. I did, and I didn't catch it. In, it's it's Good Morning Storybrook. Not what see I got the episode Welcome to Storybrook. Confused. <laughs> it's age. That's I'm funny. just getting old. Um anyway, Good Morning <laughs> Storybrook is the parody morning chat show. Now okay, that trivia question for everybody. In what episode in what episode do we actually hear in the background coming from Henry's T V? Good Morning Storybrooke, with the actors that are in the Good Morning Storybrooke parody that's on the DVD. Anyone know? I'll tell you next week. You know, so you guys should know. Ha, ha, ha. Now I'm going to have to think about it. Oh, no. She I might think I know, an though. You think you okay. know? You think you know? know. You want to, do you want her to answer it or no? Sure. I'm not going to tell okay. you if you're right. <laughs> Try and remember the title of the episode but oh goodness gracious uh i can't remember the title of the episode i okay. almost blurred out the first eight episodes of the season because that's how it is an er- it, it's an early episode it's definitely an early yeah. episode i um, figured right, it was while it. um his grandfather was taking care of him so i'll um, just do that We'll all have to watch the whole DVD set. <laughs> I know, I love that. I know. We'll all be like, oh my god, and only the early episodes that we kind of weren't that fond of. <laughs> like, okay, we I have know. To, but you know what? You know what? We might those, end up getting, you know, even though you know, if you fast forward through the parts that you don't like. Yeah, I sure you say that, but no, I mean, you know, especially at the beginning, I kind of fast forwarded through 
Um, I have to say, I, I was just really upset at the amount of time. It was not I didn't care. <laughs> well, so, wait, but the, you know but what? I feel bad because there, there were a few episodes that I thought were very good within the first yeah, eight episodes. I did too. So now I'm kind of now I'm kind of being bad too because you know what? I don't want to jump well, on I, that bandwagon. Either. Yes, and I don't either. And, and in fact, it's interesting. What I what I said in the review was. Um, uh, let me let me just kind of read a little bit of it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Crocodile was awesome. I did like yeah. I did like Broken and uh, We Are Both. Yeah, I mean, those episodes were good. Crocodile was great. No, you have Crocodile. Um, you have the Outsider. You have um, yeah. Manhattan. I like the the well, yeah, I mean, Miller's I, Daughter. I think the, the, but we had Tallahassee was, uh, was eight, right? Tallahassee was number eight. We have eight, Tallahassee. You know, we we have in the, the name doctor. of the brother. In the name of the brother was wonderful. Oh, this is what I yeah. In the name of the brother. That's the you know, one that I see as the more that oh, we that's talk, the one that she so said, said the answer right. This is what I said was in in other outstanding episodes in season two included the gorgeously shot in the name of the brother in which we learn more about Doctor Whale and his gothic yeah. beginning that and Regina's backstory and Tiny uh, with great turn by. Uh, um, uh, Jorge Garcia and Child of the Moon. Yeah. Uh, so were, it's really, it's really, you know, there, there were a lot of good episodes in there. So there were. the yeah. crocodile, you know, yeah. the crocodile. So, so, so in the welcome, sorry, Good Morning Story, but I'm going to keep making that mistake. You know, it's like uh, I've got this thing. It's like I keep substituting um, Wonderland for Neverland, and I, I'm like. Making me crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> in my head. Not in my mind, but just on my tongue. So anyway, in Good Morning Storybrooke, you have this. You know, it's been online. You know, of course, the the short version that was premiered at Comic Con. But this was Jane Espenson produced and directed it and wrote it, or produced wrote it. Oh my! And God. it's got great adverts. Of course, those were on the Comic Con reel with grannies with uh, red. Megan Ori, her oh my gosh, her dumb. She was so dumb. She was hysterical, and of course, uh, Carlisle's voiceover for the the Gold's Pawn Shop thing, which which was great. And there's a great uh, library time with uh, Belle, which is hysterical. Um, there are. There are, uh, there's of course Doctor Whale is in it, so it's a really really well, and actually much longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was That's really, good. it was quite long, and I was really surprised. Um, and, and there's breaking news that comes in. Oh, the this is one of my, like, pet peeves with, with news, with cable news. Everything has mm-hmm. to have, like, a title, right? You know? Right. The crisis in Chicago, or whatever it is. You know, everything gets titled. So um, you've got Brad Bell, is playing a correspondent who cried right. wolf, almost like a parody on the boy who cried wolf. Oh, that kind of goes through. It's his. Oh, it's so funny. It is hysterical. Oh, I can't wait to see that. He's so it, he's fun. You know, I was so funny because yeah. I was. We were watching um, Torchwood Miracle Day a few months ago, a couple mm-hmm. a, a few weeks ago, a few weeks before I went off to Comic Con. And in Torchwood Miracle Day, Brad Bell puts in an appearance in one of the episodes Jane wrote. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it. I was like, I know him. 
I mean, like, I know him. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Like, it's like, oh, my God. I know him. That's We've cool, hung. Um, you know, in a friendly way. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, so that's the DVD set. Now, people were asking, somebody asked in the chat box, will we, um, is the uh, extras on the DVD or is it all only on Blu-ray? Okay. I, I think it's both, right? I think it's on both. Now, somebody told me that the Miller's Daughter track is only on the Blu-ray. Um, which makes a certain amount of sense because it is actually an extra track. There are two, um, there are two commentary tracks on disc four. One is Miller's daughter and the other is welcome to Storybrooke. So I, I, and somebody told me that that was only available on the Blu-ray, the Miller's daughter track, but I haven't found any, the, the press information, the press releases, Nothing has told me, not not the Amazon listing, not the ABC TV listing, ABC mm-hmm. Studio. You're nothing referring to Jane Espenson's commentary? Over... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would so, be very bad. I just, <laughs> I don't, be... I, don't have... I don't know. And so some, I'm just saying somebody said that to me. I have no idea how they would know. Um but you know what? I'm going to actually hang on. So, well, I can't do this while I'm doing this. I can't type and no, never mind. Um, I, I actually, um, the, my my contact, my PR contact from ABC, from Disney, who sent me the DVD, the, the Blu-ray, um, sent me some images to use, which of course I've already published my review, so I already have images. Um, but I'm going to shoot her an email and ask her. Um, uh, let's see. So I will I will do that. Um, but there's a I found no information. There's like zero information um, that I've seen. So um, I don't know. That would be a shame. It would be a I shame. It, it would be a shame um, if it is true. If that is the case, um, I will tell more about what Jane said on next week's show. I'll promise you that. That's cool. Um, just because I think that, you know, it is – yeah, I know that there's um, – I'm not going to divulge the whole thing. I, I wouldn't breach copyright that way, um, which it wouldn't be, but it would be close enough for me. Um, um, I'm trying yeah. to see now. I pull, I'm pulling it nothing. up. I'm there's nothing. It doesn't see – I no, know. I don't see it any – say um, No. It does not. It does not say at all. So I'm going to have to, what I will do, okay, so this is what you guys need to do as you listen in, is I'm going to find out tomorrow. I'm going to contact, I'll actually give her a call. Um, It's kind of late in L.A. right now for me to do that because she's not going to be in the office. But I'll give her a call tomorrow and um, get the information, and I will tweet it. So make sure that you're following me on Twitter. Um, yeah. And my Twitter handle is B underscore Barnett. And if you, B-A-R-N-E-T-T, B underscore Barnett. So if you're not following me, make sure you're following Better me. Better follow. So, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going Yeah. So I'm going to make sure to do that. And I have to say, and I shouldn't say this on the air, but I'm guessing that if that somebody is going to, illegally put up that track 
somewhere. Well, oh, I I'm sure they will. will on YouTube. You know, it won't I'm be sure. any of us. <laughs> no, it will not so be me. No, it won't be on YouTube. It'll be somewhere else. It'll be oh, somewhere. Like it'll somewhere. be somewhere else. Maybe on you know one of the the peer to peer services or you know as a torrent yeah. or something, um, which I don't ever advocate. The, the only t- okay, this is my thing about torrents. I never torrent anything that I can get. When there's something that I cannot get, so. When I started on my Robert Carlyle thing, when I first saw him on Once, and I thought, why have I not seen this person on any, in any movies before? Right. Um, right. And I wanted to watch all his his entire oeuvre, right, his entire work. And there are movies that he's done that you just simply can't get. They're just, they just right. they're not available. So like Go Now, which is his 1995 movie, which is – phenomenal he plays a man with uh, ms as he's getting ms this is like a soccer playing wow. very vigorous young man and he contracts he he comes down he he has ms and uh it's really the story of how how his relationship that he's just got this brand new relationship and how it survives and um so it's a brilliant movie it is only available on VHS so and i don't have a VHS and it's not been available in this country at all, so I torrented it. So there's like certain things like that. Um, there's one specific Hamish Macbeth episode that was never released on the DVDs, and I torrented that because it's not available anywhere else. And there's a couple of other things here and there that have never ever been released here. And not and even uh, this is how far I will go is that um, if it's available in the UK and it's a DVD in the UK. I do have a, a player, a, a Blu-ray DVD player, that plays Region 2 DVDs. So I will mm-hmm. get those. Um, oh, lucky but if it's you. Not, yeah, well, they're pretty cheap. Um, oh, okay. For my, for my computer, for my computer. I don't have one for my TV. Um, and I will absolutely, you know, rather than illegally download something, I'll buy a UK version um, first. And, um, but then if it's not available even through that, so, um, so I, I am not a big advocate of torrenting, um, unless there's no other way. (sighs) That's my last word on torrenting. I do not advocate it. I'm, I'm very big as a writer, as I said at the top of the show, I am not very, uh, I'm very cognizant of copyright and intellectual property. And, um, I, yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool idea, Region 2 player. They are cheap. Uh, Suanich, um, and I, I'm pr- mispronouncing your name, I am certain. Um, but I love your <laughs> name. I love your name, Suanich. That's how I would pronounce it. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say, tell me if Sanosh. I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Sanosh. Am I no, right or, or is Barbara right? Barbara's probably right. Okay, I'm tell, bad us, tell us. She's typing, she's typing. <laughs> She's got to tell us because it's going to drive me crazy because I, I hate mispronouncing. I know. As, as, as Danya knows. <laughs> Danya. I know. I'm so bad. As I get Danya away with knows. it, though. But. Right. Okay. Ah, okay. Suanich. Oh, it's right? an Irish Suanich. Oh, it's an Irish so word. Right. See, I knew. I knew. I knew it was. It was uh, Suanich. Right. Or is it? Yes, yeah, Suanich. 
Suana. Suana. Right? Suana. What do you think, Kay? Yes. It means sleepy. sleepy. I love oh, so you're sleepy all the time, huh? <laughs> I love your name. Well, Great I would name. pronounce it the way she put it. I would pronounce it Suanic. No. Suanic. 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 Well, then Suana. why is it S-O-O? Isn't that so? No, that would be Sue. Sue. See, I, did, I bet you didn't think we'd be talking about your name. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> People are like, okay, what is this a new character on Once Upon a Time or something? <laughs> you should actually, you should call in and say your handle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good That's idea. You should do. Well, so okay. So are we going to talk about Broken? Because I'm yeah. being, I'm, I yeah. watched. Okay. Well, I rewatched both of them today. So actually, I'm going to bring. Okay, so I'm going to bring Meredith in to talk about Broken. Okay. She's been hanging on. Hello, Meredith. Hello. Hi, How are you doing? Good. How are you? It's all. Yeah, I have to confess, I haven't seen uh, Broken in quite a while because I don't have my DVD yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I did really enjoy the episode. You know, they, I, I was very intrigued, of course, by the opening scene, you know, seeing this mysterious guy in New York that they didn't tell you who it was. Okay. Oh. Okay, yeah, I mean, that first scene was really, really intriguing. Yeah, so, I, I yeah. was thinking it was Bay right off the bat. I, I was not yeah. guessing that he was both, you know... Henry's father and Rumpel's son. I was thinking it was Bay because he has have a good resemblance, and yeah. I figured, well, who's left? Who's outside? You know, the curse. Who would know about it? Right. Well, you know, it's funny because there were two male characters introduced in that episode, and at first I see Bay, and then you see Philip, and their color, even though they don't look alike, their coloring is similar. So, yeah, yeah. When he was cast, a lot of people were thinking it was going to be him, but I guess they ruled it out once they heard he was British and you know knew that Bay as a kid wasn't sounding you know accent wise. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, so you know it was. I really liked the episode, and I just saw it again um, last over the weekend because I watched many of the episodes. I didn't want to rewatch all of them. I rewatched many of them over the weekend just but but it was one of it was obviously it was the first one that I watched so my my head is a little foggy on it and I didn't rewatch it today I did rewatch Miller's daughter with the commentary so that I could take notes on it um and that was the only thing I had time for um but with um with the curse now completely de- it was really cool to watch, oh, this was one of the deleted scenes that was kind of cool from from that episode. You see Archie passing the pawn shop and seeing no, no, the dolls. Oh, yeah, no. the dolls. I mean, not his parents, Geppetto's parents, but all oh, right, so Geppetto's parents seeing the dolls. Oh, and um, yeah, I was kind that's... of wondering how long it's going to take Geppetto to come and claim them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It would um, think we would. It's kind of creepy. It's, I mean, it is, maybe just that. You know, maybe I did. all of the articles in the pawn shop. You see them that all in second season, for, so maybe he did. They just didn't show it. It could be because cause Archie knew that they were there. And um, because he saw them in the deleted scene, <laughs> which wasn't 
on the air, obviously. But it was really kind of interesting watching people kind of figure out who they were. Yeah. And, um, you know, just kind of, um, you know, seeing people come back to themselves um, and, you know, really intriguing to see um, uh, Neil introduced. And, um, you know, it was a good start. The thing that I thought was problematic about that first episode was so much time was spent with Aurora and Philip and Mulan. And I just never, ever, I never got into that. Right. And I mean, they should, I don't know. I think that they shouldn't have, they should have just stayed stationary to, you know, the curse coming in and breaking it and what that all meant. And it should have just been that. And then they could have maybe done a whole other episode, you know, instead of trying to mingle it together. I thought it just didn't. Now, what I also didn't care for that much in that episode was um the enti- was the way that Rumpel sort of got himself around his promise that he made to Belle. Yeah. I mean Which, that was really rumplish. It was definitely rumplish. Well, I was going to say that I mean but that's him. Uh, that is exactly what he does. That's and the, him. Line, the line that he feeds her after she confronts him about it and he says, "Oh, in the hour that you've known me." I mean that is yeah. literally she brought out the rumple in gold in that moment, and of course, in that split second, he realized he completely stuck his foot in his mouth. But but he was right. He I only mean, he knows right. how to go revert back to his old ways because yes, he wants to promise Belle something that he knows it's completely impossible for him to do, and he does it you know more for lip service than anything else. Yeah, it's a right. little and bit irritating. In an hour. And and we did see, I mean, we did totally see during season two how hard he tried and and how successful he was. Because the rumple that we have at the end of the season, never mind the sort of killing of Henry. We were just we were we were talking about that earlier too. The whole that I know. (laughs) I see. The question that I would love to ask the writers is. Would he have gone through with it? Oh, oh you well, didn't hear. Right, you oh, got oh, the answer. Wait. No, you got to tell I, her. You got to tell her. Okay. So when I was at Comic-Con, the question I asked, I asked Robert Carlyle, and I also asked Adam and Eddie the same question. Would okay. Rumpel have done it? Would he? So you guys have to watch my videos. So you should have watched. You should have watched. You should read the article and watched all the videos. Um, oh, that's okay. I, my husband oh, was in the hospital. I plead. I'm so I plead sorry. Health issues. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So so now see you're gonna go and you're gonna watch the interviews. Um, but oh, I wow. asked him. I asked. I asked Carlisle, and he said, "Oh, absolutely, he would have done it." And the reason he said, he says, "Bell," and he gave the reason. He said, "Bell is his center, his his anchor," and. Belle wasn't Belle then. She had gone yeah. away from. She was Lacey at that point, and yeah. that that's was why, have a bit of an issue to that. And that's why he brought her back was because he needed her. The further, further, the further away she was from him, the closer he became. Even though he was not completely turned, um, he was losing himself. And he really needed her back because she was really his center. Pulled him back from the edge. And so I I definitely said, and and, and Adam and Eddie were a little bit more ambiguous about it. 
And they said, well, you know, he was certainly getting close to that, wasn't he? <laughs> Spoken like true writers. <laughs> but, I mean, Carlisle is, is usually pretty forthcoming when you ask him a question like that. So, um, anyway, so that was his take. Yes, he believes that he would have had he not been interrupted. See, and that really oh. kind of upset me. Well, I know. Uh, and you, mm-hmm. you would be like, what? No, it's I, it's not. Look, it's not that it's completely out of the realm of possibility for this character to it have is done in that. Character. No, it it is it it is totally in character. Now, my issue is more with, and I and I think I just said it earlier in the show. I feel that the last maybe four episodes seemed very rushed to me. Sort of like they were trying to get somewhere, and yeah there wasn't enough development in my in my t- for my taste for what we've well, become accustomed to seeing yeah. especially from I mean you know what I mean because once you get to Lacey, to that episode everything yeah. after that um in order for them to develop the whole Greg and Tamara thing and, and you know try to get to that point where you're getting towards the end it's almost as if, as if they wanted to get to the end and everything else kind of suffered in the middle yeah, there. Yeah. And, well, and I think, I think you, that last episode, that's why it seems a little bit disjoint. Like when he has that scene where he's shoving his boot in a, a whale's face and, and Balefire comes behind him and, and they have that moment where they're going back and forth. I right. understand that Bell is not Bell and he's kind of slipping into the darkness again. But right. his son was not dead at that point. He was very much alive. And right. again, he goes back to the same sort of. Be- I just it feels to me so weird that you have a man who has spent hundreds of years right. regretting one moment, one bad decision, having created this elaborate curse, having spent a good portion of a year trying to get to the point where he could find right. him. He finally finds him, manages to bring him back, finds out that everyone's related in this roundabout sort of way. Mm-hmm. And he would rather walk around shoving his foot in people's faces and having these arguments with his son. That to me does not seem. That seems out of character to me in a in a weird way. And I know yeah, that he's rumple and gold, but in terms of his relationship with Balefire, I don't think so. I think that yeah, felt and weird. And from was, then I, on, it kind of all went downhill for me. Yeah, I think it. It. I think, and I'm not. I, I agree with you to a great extent. Um, but you also, I mean, he is the dark one and the dark one is a cursed state. And no matter how much he might want to try to do the right thing, there's always going to be that pulling back and he's tried and he, he was pretty successful. Now, I think one of the things that they were misguided about in the last part of the season was the Greg and Tamara story. Yeah, I was not happy and with that at all. And I think they did all. a little bit, although not to the same extent as they did with Philip and Aurora and Mulan at the beginning, because Greg and Tamara do figure into the end of the season. But what right. were they trying to do with that at the time? It was just seemed like it was sort of just thrown out there and without any coherence. And it was like, you know, you have Hook now and you have Cora and you've got Greg and you've got Tamara. And then you have the core cast and it's like, oh, it's, it was suffocating. Well, the, 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 and Greg the and Tamara, though, the, 
that whole thing just doesn't, I mean, I know in the new season, you know, from the Comic-Con stuff, I mean, you know, they talked about exact. I just, like, I don't know, like things, I just felt like that wasn't developed enough, and it was it was just, it was just put thrown in there all of a sudden. I'm like, okay. And I don't think it's trying. necessary. I don't think yeah, it's yeah. necessary to the Thank plot. You. I think you could have, you could have gotten, you could have introduced the pan story and Neverland and had Henry right. get over there without needing those without two characters. Having... I just don't see the purpose of them there. They they took a lot of time in the last five episodes, yeah. and it was just kind of, meh, I don't know, it didn't play out for me. I, I, I wanted, yeah, I about the the stories that we know and we yeah. love over just some and, and, and you know and I know sorry I know I'm no I'm going to say it this wrong Sunosh I think I said that right I don't know but anyway Duana. like yeah Duana. The, Duana. Duana I'll get it right one of these days um yeah only they only introduce the others from Lost because it was the same thing like all of a sudden they just had these crazy people yeah well I had a very lost. Life feeling in no pun intended or possibly intended i had a very lost feeling while i was watching season two i kind of kept because i've had that conversation where i've told people no 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 they're not going to do that because this there is a kind of structured story because they're dealing with stories that have already been out see my husband is listening to me and he's shaking his head (laughs) left and right because he's saying these people are going to screw you over and they're going to pull a loss on you. And he's looking at me like, like I keep on defending the okay. show, like they're not going to do it. And I kind of feel like they were sort of going there and they sort of paid attention to the fans and realized they made a mistake by having too much going fixed. on at the same time. Oh, they absolutely acknowledge that. They definitely acknowledge that. And there, okay, there are two things season three really has going for it. Three things that it really has going for it, in addition to a great cast. A, Jane Espenson is coming on full time. Yay! Oh, thank God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she's going to. What she told me was she's going to go back. She's full time with the company, so she's going to write a Once Upon a Time script, and as soon as that's done and in the can from her end, she's going to uh, write an episode for Wonderland. And she's going to go back and forth. So um, so she is full-time. And I asked her, I said, because she writes, you know, what, two, three, four episodes a season. So I said to her, right. so, you know, how many episodes are you going to write this year? And she says, hopefully a lot. So, um, yeah. So she, that's A. So that's number one. Because she's 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 very much the strongest writer on the show, and I would include oh, Kitsis and Horowitz in that. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, you I know, would... they're busy running the show. Espenson, Jane, Jane is just such a great writer. So, and she knows the genre really well. Um, and and she loves Rumple, so we know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So that's, that's A. All right. So that's right. So that's A. Okay. That's A. So B is the the structure for the series itself, which will be yeah. volume one, 11 episodes, volume two, 11 episodes. There'll be a first half of the season um, ending, and it will pick up in the second half of the season a new, with a new premiere. And can um, I just say, I, 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 I want to just applaud, you know, Adam and Eddie, because seriously, yes. like, I yes. love and that ABC, they actually And ABC, too. Us. 
Yeah, I think yeah. ABC figured it out. Yeah, they yeah. figured it out. And, and I mean, yeah. because of that, I think season three is going to be amazing, seriously. And, and I know, like, was, I'm so happy that they did that with the whole, yeah. you know, part and one that, and part two. That was one thing that they really, really never quite got with House on Fox was yeah. the disruptions. And it, it it killed the show at the, the last couple seasons. Um, mm-hmm. It really killed it. And it killed the ratings and it killed the series in a lot of ways. Um, there were other things that killed the series, too. But I won't go into that because we're not talking about House tonight. Um, so, so number three is the structure for season three, which is we have the core cast together, all yeah. together on the ship. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's called a submarine drama. Um, do you know? Do you know that that idiom? Cabin yeah. fever. Oh, no, that Suonics, yeah. That no, that's not why House was canceled. Um, House was canceled for lots of reasons. It was time for it to go away, and um, it. it really needed to go and and uh, if you love house you got to buy my book chasing zebras the unofficial guide to house at amazon.com got to get that in there <laughs> uh, um she asked so i will say <laughs> um, but the the third so so you've got like it's a it's a submarine drama where you have everything happens on a submarine so you only have those people now it's going to be more expansive than that because you do have storybrook still happening and you still you know and you have neverland so but what i was told what adam and eddie told me at comic-con was that really for the first several episodes we're really on the ship in a neverland which is and they're good. not going to be getting wait. they're not getting off the ship really soon so well first they're all together episode, and that's the they're key. all together they're all together and you've got the three good guys and the three bad guys and all the conflict, and and as and as Adam and Eddie also said to me, um, you have a situation where you've got all these people are alpha, they're all alphas, right? They're all leaders, and um, so you have all these leaders, and you get the first crisis, and what happens? And I actually asked all of them that. I said, okay, so you guys are all together on the ship, all six of you. And the first crisis happens. Then what? <laughs> and ha ha ha! You think they would answer me? Um, <laughs> I I did get a couple of answers um, from from people, and I can't remember who it was. Um, but they basically said, "Yeah, there's some real conflict there, and you know um, about how that's going to be handled." Yeah, they're all interested in getting Henry back, but. How long is that agenda going to stay when you've got, you know, conflict built between all of these very strong characters? Yeah, and I get the feeling since, uh, you know, Peer Pan is supposed to be someone they're all supposed to fear that he's even actually more powerful than Rumpel in a way. Well, and there's a reason why um, Rumpel has said, you know, there's somebody that you should fear more than anyone. And he yeah. seems pretty uneasy about the whole thing. So we don't really know um, what their story is, and we're going to find out a little bit what the backstory is. Now, the, thing, the other thing that I learned when I was at Comic-Con, and I, I actually asked Mr. Carlisle this, I asked Adam and Eddie this, I asked Jane this, I asked everybody <laughs> who was relevant. 
about, you know, kind of, you know, I said, okay, so at the end of season one, season two, we have Rompel saying goodbye to Belle, and it's kind of a hero moment for the for the character. You know, he's pretty heroic. He's he's going off to to save Henry, and he's leaving Belle. It's a very classic scene. Um, right. So what's in store for him? And Adam and Eddie were the first people to to to, to mention it, and then I asked uh, Robert, and then I asked um, uh, I asked Robert, and then I asked Jane. Um, and that was, so what's going to happen? And what they said to me was, you have Rumpel, you're going to see a different Rumpel than we've ever seen before. So we've only seen 10 versions of Rumpel. So this is going to be someone completely different. And it is a man, he's, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to save Henry's life. He is willing, and this is from Adam and Eddie directly, he is willing to become the dark one again, to really go to his dark side, to, to fulfill the prophecy, which is that the boy will be your undoing. And he is willing to sacrifice himself to save Henry. Right. That he's essentially. I wish I could ask Adam and Eddie something. <laughs> Maybe you can ask him next time you speak to them. Like, what would you like really to ask? Think, I would love to ask them. Do they really think that the fans believe that undoing means a bad thing? You know, they they actually address that, and it could mean many different things. In the end, I would I don't think anyone believes that means a bad thing. No, and it, and it's not. But he's willing. To go. Well, I know he believes it because he is very pessimistic about everything. The character. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I think um, he, believes he believes it. it and as, and as long as he him. believes it, because he believes it, and I actually think I asked uh, Robert that, and and he says, well, but but Rumpel believes it, and um, yeah, undoing can mean definitely more than one thing, and and Jane said that to me as well, that it can mean more than one thing. Um, and not but, a negative, but, of course. But Rumpel, not a negative thing. You know, may, may mean the undoing of the Dark One and the salvation of, of um, Rumpel, Rumpel, bringing him back. Yeah, I agree with that. Which is, I think, what most the, fans are leaning towards. And what, that, and what that we hope, but, but not till the end of the series. <laughs> because, oh, no, of course. you know, we love, we love to have a character. I mean, one of the things that... You know, you you have, and one of the things, and I, this is a, an issue I have with some of the Rumbellers. I'm a, I'm a Rumbell. You know that. You know I love that that relationship. I adore that relationship. And it was the same issue I had with the Cuddy House people and the Mulder Scully people and the Shippers and all that. Is that you have with Rumple and Belle a really beautifully drawn tragic romance. They are so star-crossed. They are right. never on the same page at the same time. And I really don't want to see them together and happy because that's really why Snow White and Prince Charming are the most uninteresting characters on the show. And I think Josh does a great job. I think Ginny does a great job. But the characters are good. Where do they go from there? Now, Adam and Eddie told me, and actually I think Ginny also told me, that um, we actually do see Snow's – because I had actually 
said to them, I think this was to Adam and Eddie, and I actually said, look, you know, she actually, you had this great opportunity in Miller's Daughter where she was going dark, and then all of a sudden, oh, she's got all this regret, and she's good again. And they said, well, actually, that episode and the darkness is going to really inform her going forward into season three, and it's going to become very important. So that's good. So that was the the third thing is that you have these guys all together and, um, you know, and I know people are upset. Oh, well, you know, that, that Belle is back in Storybrooke, but she's going to have her, you know, and, and I asked Emily Duravin as well. And she said, yeah, well, you know, Belle hopefully can hold the town together and she's got an important role to play as well. So I can't believe we're almost out of time. Is that insane? I know. It went by quick because we were talking. An hour and a half. And I was going to actually cut the time to an hour. But I, oh, I man, we bring the time just, for the DVD. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, it's almost time. Um, so I am, uh, Suana says, I like that Belle is Rumpel's anchor. They don't have a perfect relationship, but I hope in the end she will be instrumental in bringing out the best of him. I yes. think that that's really where they're going to go, but I cannot. Yeah. It would be a death now, I think, if they did it too soon. Oh, they can't do it in season three. They'll do it in season no. one. No. Do it in season <laughs> four. If, if it's on that long. Season four so, into five is okay. Season four, season no, they'll do it in the last season. Thanks. They will do it in the last season. All right, so we are almost out of time. We are down to our last 50 seconds. So I want to thank you guys, uh, Chrissy yeah. and Meredith and Dania and Suanis. Uh, I love that name. <laughs> uh, I'm writing a novel that's got, you know, the main character's name is Galen Erseldoon, which is such a, it's not an Irish name, it's a Scottish name. But, you know, it's its of that uh, that area of the world. And so I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And um, we will see you guys, we'll see everybody next week. So yep, call on back in, and uh, we'll have more fun, and we'll talk about We Are Both. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Hey. See you guys yes, next Gaelic week. Names. Suana, Gaelic names, yes. Galen Erseldoon is a Gaelic name. Indeed he is. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.